This is episode 327 of the Beyond the Food Show. And today it's going to be all about money, money mindset, scarcity mindset, and body image. It's all related. Ready? Stay tuned. Welcome to the Going to Beyond the Food Show, the only podcast that teaches you how to reshape your mind, not your body, to make your life better, bigger, and bolder, your undieted life. I'm your host, Stephanie Dodier, reformed dieter, nutritionist, and coach. You ready? Let's do this. Hello, hello. Welcome back. If you listen to the last episode, Podcast 326, you knew this was coming. We're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about the money mindset, the way we think about money. We're going to talk about scarcity, scarcity mindset. And we're going to talk about why we have these thoughts about money, about the world being scarce, and where we learn these thoughts for most of us in this community is through our journey, through diet culture and social construct to have a thinner body is better. Trust me, it's all related. I like to think of money mindset, money coaching work to be the second level or the next step after your journey, making peace with food in your body. Once you've learned to become an intuitive eater, once you've learned to be neutral about your body, it's most unfortunate, (laughs) but the work doesn't stop there. That is, if you choose to, right? If you're just contempt, I I use the word just, let me rephrase this. If you're contempt with being at peace with food in your body, and that was your goal, and that's all you want, then the work is done. Now, I tend to attract people who want more, right? Women that have known success in other parts of their life, they're like, I feel great. I eat what I want. I'm at peace with food. I'm neutral with my body. I dress my body well. I'm having fun with my body. And now I want more. So this episode's for you. Because in order for us to get more, The next piece of work is right there waiting for us, which is the way we think about money. Because the reality is, in order for us to want more in our life, most of the time, it will be linked to wealth, to money, and to believing that we can have more. And I have an analogy for you to get us started on talking about this, and it's the black outfit. I have an episode in the like long time ago episode podcast 250 that's titled the black outfit. And it's an analogy of how social conditioning for women makes us want to be less. In the case of the black outfit, my analogy is in relationship to why we wear black clothes as people in large body or people that don't fit the thin ideal, we probably all of you had some point, their favorite color was black because you felt smaller and you could disappear in the background, right? Now that we're moved past that, because you've made peace with your body, you probably wear a lot more color. 
But what I want you to reflect on is that the belief or the thought, I have to be less, I have to be smaller, is perhaps still with you. And it's showing up with scarcity mindsets, right? It's showing up with, I shouldn't want to make more money. Making more money is a, quote, shameful thing, right? So we move from wearing black to disappear in the background because we believe we should be smaller physically and we have the same belief when it comes to money, right? I'm not good enough to make the money that I want, right? Scarcity mindset is the mindset that the world is scarce. I am scarce. I'm not good enough to make a lot of money. Money is scarce. I should be holding back on spending money because I never know what's going to come in the future, right? There's not an abundant amount of money. Money is hard to make. These are all beliefs that we have around money that come from the scarcity mindset, the mindset that there's not enough, that I am not enough, that most of us, the origination of that belief, because it's not innate. This is not a belief that we're born with. This is a belief that we have acquired, that we have learned. And we've learned that probably from our families of origin, if our family's mindset around money was in such way, and then got confirmed with diet culture, the thin ideal, the beauty ideals that we weren't enough. We weren't beautiful enough. We weren't thin enough. We weren't, if you're older, you weren't young enough, right? Not enough. And we take that and we apply it to money. Unconscious money belief, unconscious scarcity belief are holding us back hugely from being successful. And I'm going to share with you my story about money mindset, just to show you the possibility in the evolution of what money mindset can shift towards from where it was. So my belief around money was taught to me, like most of you, from your family of origin, my family of origin, my parents and my aunts and uncle, all my close-knit circle were raised in the Great Depression and the years following that in large families, like families of eight and tens and twelves. Money was scarce because of the Great Depression, And to the point where for both my mom and my dad, basic needs were not met. They didn't have abundant amount of food. They didn't have abundant space. They they share clothing from brother to sisters because it was just not physically there. My father went to work very young to help his family. So does my mom. 80% of her income and her like late teens and 20s were given to her family so that they could buy food for the rest of the family. That's the space my parents came from. And they never 
challenge their belief around money. They continued to carry these belief around money that money was scarce for real and that you needed to be careful for money. One of the things that I remember from a very young age being taught was money doesn't grow on tree. Be careful with money. Money is scarce. Money is hard to earn. You got to work hard to get money. Money is unsafe. You never know if there's going to be more coming. You never know if it's going to all disappear. Money is coming from your education. Like you got to think 50s, 60s, and even the early 70s. That's what people were sold. If you want to make money without having to like physically work hard, you got to go to school, get a degree so you can sit behind a desk and earn money. It's still going to be limited, but it's not going to be as hard. So the consequence of this is my parent didn't go to school because they had to go work hard. So their kid, me, my brother, had to go to school, get a degree so we would be safer around money. Get a retirement, get a job with the government so you get a retirement fund. So I was raised into that never told you could change these beliefs or that there was another way to think about money because my parents thought like that, my uncles, my cousin, like everyone around me had the same line of thinking. And that worked out well for me until I left the corporate world. And then it all fell apart. I had a huge awakening to the way that I thought about money was never going to make me successful as an entrepreneur. And that the two were not conducive. And that's when I learned from being around other entrepreneur that you could think about money differently. And then I was just listening and looking at people engaging with money, talking about money differently and seeing their result with money. I'm like, whoa, that's why my way is not working. Like you cannot be an entrepreneur and think that money is scarce because you'll never build anything. If you're not an entrepreneur, this is the truth. Like you got to invest money. You're going to invest in your business and yourself in order to grow your business. But that is not lining up with a scarcity mindset around money and a person who believes that less is better and smaller. So I had to challenge everything. Literally, I had to write down all of my belief and my thoughts around money and literally intentionally go to work in finding contrary evidence supporting that the opposite could be true. That money wasn't scarce. Money was abundant for some people. That money was safe. It was safe to talk about money. That you didn't have to get a retirement if you chose not to have a retirement right? I had to look at every one of them, find a contrary evidence, and then build safety that I could think differently, that it was safe for me to think differently. While I was doing the money mindset and challenging my thoughts and my belief and looking for contrary evidence, I was doing the work at the same time with my body image. So if you're in that place, it's going to be easier for you to do money mindset work, because you're going to see that as you change your belief that there's another way to think about your body that 
smaller is not better, that less money is not better, that cheaper is not better, right? You're going to like, at the same time, in parallel, start observing that it's working with your body. And then it's going to be easier for you to see that it could actually work with money as well, that you could think differently about money. If you've already done your work with body image of changing your belief and your thoughts about your body, if you want to engage in changing your scarcity mindset and your money mindset, I want you to lean in the experience of changing your beliefs about your body. That bigger is better. That you can live an amazing life in a larger body. I want you to lean into the evidence that it worked with your body and how great your life is today, that it's possible for you to believe you are worthy of wealth. That if you put in the mental and emotional work to change your thoughts and your belief, you could get yourself to a place that you believe that you are worthy of wealth. So here's what I'm proposing we're going to do for the rest of the episode. We're going to take common thoughts and belief around wealth and abundance and scarcity that many of my clients have that had to be coached on either from me or from someone on my team. And then I'm going to propose you a different way of thinking about that or show you, expose to you another perspective. You already? We'll start with the first one, which is evident. I am not worthy of wealth. I'm not worthy of abundance. I'm not worthy of success. 100% normal that you think that, given your past experience, given the social construct we live in, given the what you have experienced through your body, right? You didn't work hard enough to get the thin body you thought you should have. So no, you're not worthy of success today. Totally normal that you think that. Now, what if being abundant financially was as inerrant as being worthy for having a human body? What if the innate worth that all human beings are granted upon birth was exactly the same thing with money. Abundance financially was an innate right to all human beings. What if you started to think that? Here's another belief, the next one. Talking about money is bad. Asking for money is even worse. It's rude to negotiate my salary. It's impolite to talk about the money I have or the money that I want to have. These line of thinking, I face them in both of my businesses. In my professional group, coaches believe that it's rude to tell the world that they want to make money coaching people out of diet culture. It's like shameful to think that. And then women are thinking it's rude for them to ask for salary increase. I have it from both ways. And it's totally normal because in our society right now, money symbolizes power. And for us as people conditioned and raised as women, we're not supposed to have power. 
So yeah, it's impolite according to societal standard for money to be a subject of conversation for women or to claim that they have money or to ask for more money. So yeah, it's a social standard that is quote unquote, not good. And it's there for a reason. It's there because it keeps us away from having what is powerful in today's society, which is money. So screw that. Like we have to intentionally change that programming that we can talk about money because we have the right to power in society. And there's nothing shameful about that. What if we were proud of the wealth we had? What if the money we acquired through our genius, through our strength, was an exciting part of who we are? What if we talk about money in the same way that we talked about a degree we earned from studying? What if there was no different moral value around having money or having a degree? What if both were at the same place, the same neutrality, and we were excited to tell people that we make money? What if talking about money was something we felt confident doing? Here's what would happen. We would stop trying to be polite. We would talk about money. We would ask for money. We would learn how to make money. And we would go out and make more money. And we would have more power collectively because that's where power is in today's society. But here's the difference. When women, when people identified as women make more money and even other people that were formerly oppressed, that it is through their sexuality, through their race, when oppressed group make more money, they don't hoard it. They distribute it. And that is a fact. I don't have the statistic with me here, but one of my former business mentor, Rachel Roger, talks about that all the time. She did a lot of studying around what women do when they have money. And when women, when we have money, in her case, she's a black woman, when black women have money, they distributed it back in their community. What if we did that? What if we went out and allowed ourselves to believe we can make money, make the money, and then bring it back and distribute it to our community? I know that's what you would do with money. That's what I do with money. Thought number three about money. Wealth means power, and power is bad. That's what I just finished talking about. Not only do we think money is bad, but we think that power is bad, and that's how the two are intertwined. And all I can say on this, that's a patriarchal conditioning or a white supremacy conditioning or whatever system of oppression has oppressed you that's why you believe that power and having power is bad, it's harmful, and that making money is bad. What if you recognize that, that being in your power is revolutionary, and that making an act of revolution for your own well-being and the one of others In this case, to have money is an act of revolution for people like us. 
and we're going to use it for the well-being of our kind, whatever your kind is. Top number four, I have to hang on to everything I have and prepare because something terrible might happen. What if you believe that you will always be taken care of? And that's the truth. What if you believe that there's enough, enough money for everyone? What if you believe that giving money, buying other people's stuff, supporting businesses of other people is what creates the space in you to receive more money? That when you hoard, when you keep thinking, I got to keep it, I got to keep it, I got to keep it because terrible things are coming. No more money is coming. You don't have the energy space for you to receive more. Different line of thinking. Thought number five, having or wanting money is selfish. That we have to live for others. If you have a business that you must give away your knowledge or your product in term of being of service. Making money out of other people's pain is wrong. I see that all the time in the professional I train. What if being wealthy instead, what if having money was an act of self-care? What if having money was protecting yourself as a way for you to make yourself better and being more in your power and being able to face any circumstance? What if that was your line of thinking? Thought number six, there is never going to be enough. There's never going to be enough money. There's never going to be enough fill the blank. Because the more I'm going through this, I want you to pay attention that these lines of thinking, yes, are related to money, but I guarantee you they show up in other places in your life. So what if there was never going to be enough? That's like the number one thought of scarcity mindset, of wanting to take less space. When we think this thought, it most often comes from a place of restriction. And I'm going to use the analogy of food and binging. When we restrict food, the human nature will then splurge and binge on the next time that food is presented because the thought is there's never going to be enough of that food again or that food will never come back, right? Think of your number one fear food. My case was chips. So every time a bag of chip would be in my house, I would eat it all because I knew that tomorrow I would wake up and I would restrict chip again. My brain knew my game. What if you thinking there's never going to be enough creates you not having enough and creates the reality that you got to hoard, that you got to keep it? What if there's always going to be enough? What if you give yourself the permission to think there was going to be always more? The seventh thought, I have to suffer to succeed. For sure, it makes 100% sense that you would think that because that's what we did for years and decades through dieting and we never succeeded. <laughs> or if we did, it lasted for a couple months 
and then we gain the weight back. So we've learned to associate suffering, pain, effort to success. What if actually it was the opposite? What if we stop projecting the old learning from diet culture and dieting and shrinking our body onto money? What if we allowed ourselves to think money comes easily? How would our relationship to money change? The next one is to enjoy wealth. To enjoy money is indulgent. For sure, it makes sense that you and I would think that because everything in our past where we actually had pleasure was qualified as indulgent. And I want to remind all of us of the journey of intuitive eating, which is one of the eating cue we have to connect to in order to like regulate our relationship to food is satisfaction. What is being satisfied, being in the state of pleasure was the reason we were living the human life? Just like it's the reason why we eat food. One of the three reasons we eat food was to not be hungry, to feel full, and to feel satisfied. It's 100% normal for human to eat food to have pleasure. What if it was the same thing with money? What if pleasure and satisfaction with money was the goal of life? It was never be qualified as indulgent. It was actually the reason why we have money and we have pleasure. And here's my last one. I don't hear this one often, but I know it's in the back of many people's minds. When I dig, I find this thought because I had this thought. When I started to do my money mindset work, my thought work around money, one of the thoughts that used to come to my mind was, you're not making enough money to care about this. Why do you spend so much time trying to change your thoughts around money? Here's my answer to that. It's going to be very short and sweet. If you believe that thought that in order for you to make, to spend time changing your thoughts and making creating a new mindset around money, if you're waiting for you to make a lots of money, to do this work, you'll never make enough money to do this work. If you think that money mindset is only important at a certain bracket of income, you'll never get to the bracket of income that is, quote, word to do the money mindset. I'll leave it at that. So I want us to all... Hopefully you giggle through that because I know there's a big smile on my face because when we start thinking about money from this perspective, most often I get the feedback, oh my God, that makes so much sense. I never thought about it this way. And often when I go through these thoughts, people just laugh when I'm on a live coaching call with them because they're like, oh my God, it's so true. I do this. So I'm hoping that as I put these thoughts through your brain, I share my story about money, you feel inspired to start working on the way you think and what you believe around money in order for you to become the version of yourself 
who has wealth and a lot of money. And in order to become that version of yourself, you have to do the work on money mindset right now, no matter which bracket of income you're at. And yes, it's going to be the exact same process as body image. So if you've done your work with body image, you're on for the same ride with money. And if you haven't done your work with body image yet, you can do both at the same time. It's the same process. Examine your thought, disidentify from your thinking, create autonomy, and then liberate yourself and redefine new ways of thinking about your body or about money. I'm going to leave you with this one thought that I used for years to create my new belief around money. And I think it's going to help or inspire a lot of you. What if money is a force for good for me and for others? Money is a force for good for me and for others. With that in mind, I love you. And I'll see you on the next podcast. If you are loving what you're learning on the podcast, you have to come and check out Undiet Your Life. This is where we get to hang out together, where you get the individual help applying the concept thought on the podcast while learning new coaching tools that will make your life even more amazing. It's also where you get to apply the learning to think better, eat better, and feel better and create your undieted life, your better, bigger, and bolder life. Go to stephaniedoze.com forward slash join. I'd love to have you join us inside of Undiet Your Life, and I'll see you on the other side.